Uh, I would say the big game last week was uh, Washington uh, at UCLA, matchup of undefeated Pac-12 teams. Washington looked untouchable through their first four. UCLA, though, they were they were uh, by far the better team. Uh, they win 40-32 to in a scoreline that really, really flatters Washington compared to how that game went out. Uh, otherwise, uh, good game between Washington State and Cal for kind of like mid-tier Pac-12 teams. We're going to talk about all that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. Let's, uh, we'll save uh, dogs for last. We'll start with uh, Utah hosted Oregon State. Oregon State was fresh off of uh, playing USC incredibly tough the week before. Uh, uh, no such luck for them this time. They don't even get the consolation of a good showing. Utah batters them 42-16. to 16. Yeah, I think we both predicted this last week in our conversation. Really hard to come off a very emotional home loss to USC. They left it all on the field, however you want to say it. They also have issues at quarterback, which have continued to manifest themselves and continued to manifest themselves in this game. And, you know, when you're when you're coming off a really emotional game and you're, you're you know, you just don't want to go to Utah. That's just not like a good place. Like you're not going to get a bounce back there. You're going to get kicked in the face again. And uh, Oregon State just uh, wasn't able to step up for the second week, you know, and, and match the intensity that they brought to that USC game. Yeah, I mean, in Oregon State now, four or five turnovers against USC, uh, four interceptions thrown against Utah. They got to hold on to the damn ball. Yeah, Chance Nolan, their quarterback, was subbed out in the first quarter of this game. Now, he went to the locker room for observation, so there's, uh, it seems like it's not he wasn't subbed out for performance, but prior to that, he'd thrown two picks already in the first quarter. So, you know, um, they they got problems at that quarterback spot right now, and again, you, you can't go to Utah and win without a really, really solid quarterback, so uh, not a surprise that the Utes jumped up and beat him pretty handily here. Yeah, and that makes sense because when you look at the totals from that game, Utah's not, like, overwhelming from a yardage standpoint. Like, nobody exploded during the game. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense when you see how freely Oregon State was giving them possessions. Can't do that to, uh, to Utah. Or anybody, really. But definitely not to Utah. You can't. Let's go. Here's a game I, I thought was really interesting was Washington State hosted California, right? Because we had two 3-1 and one, uh, Pac-12 teams. And these are the teams that are like, this is really going to – uh, they're kind of like gatekeepers for the teams that have legitimate aspirations to be in that conference title mix. Uh, like they're, they'll jump up and get you if you're not on your game. <clears throat> Washington State had just blown that game a week before to Oregon. Like they had seven minutes, complete and utter collapse of a game that they should have frankly won against the Ducks. Cal, uh, they'd had that uh, close loss at Notre Dame, but otherwise were winners. Uh, and, you know, we were going to see if Jaden Ott was going to be able to put something together in Washington State. I was impressed with how comfortably Washington State handled Cal. Yeah, I mean, Cal, the, the week before, had really broken out, right, and just scored a ton of points on Arizona. It was, you know, we had been complaining earlier in the year about their offense and how, like, Wilcox could never figure it out. And then you've been see complaining for about 40... 14 years about Cal's offense. <laughs> That's true. And then, and then they've put, you know, 40 plus on Arizona and really smack them. So you think, you know, the thought process was like, well, maybe they'll, maybe they've got it going with Ott and others. And you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. Washington State really just dealt these guys. I mean, they didn't have any problem. You know, they shut Ott down. They shut Cal's offense right back down. 
they didn't Washington State has yet to really explode offensively against a good team like they that's the one area I think you still got to raise your eyebrow a little bit is that they're in that like mid to 20s you know with with Cam Ward it's I mean they're really more of a defensive team honestly um and but in this game they just the game the, the outcome was never really in doubt yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with that. I mean, like uh, Washington State, uh, I, I feel like I possibly shortchanged them by calling them and Cal kind of like mid-tier teams. I think Washington State, uh, really outside of those seven minutes, uh, I mean, obviously it was extremely close. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd say mid-tier is probably accurate, considering how close they were against Idaho. Uh, very close, a little bit fortuitous win at Wisconsin. Um they scored the ball against Oregon, but they, yeah, I've, I would say they, they, you could, if you're a Cougar fan, you could believe that you're in the mix for the Pac-12 title game. Yeah, I heard an interesting anecdote. So Wisconsin just fired their coach, Paul Christ, right? Like yeah. Madison native, uh, Wisconsin alumni, some crazy record, like 66 and 27 lifetime record there but wisconsin just is completely off the tracks this year and washington state played a role in that and they told us that i was reading a story today about a recruit who last year was on campus for wisconsin you read this i did i did yeah not good so he was on campus he was a two-star at the time he was uh, not very noticed and he came for an official visit wisconsin nobody talked to him nobody did anything to otherwise engage with him at the university of wisconsin he left that weekend, proceeded to have a monster senior year, turned into a four-star recruit, signed with Michigan, and is now playing meaningful minutes in Michigan. And at the end, they kind of buried the lead. At the end of the article, it's like Wisconsin went eight months without a recruiting department. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Ah, <laughs> uh, we'll fucking handle it. That's not how it works. Like that, you can read your own press clippings a little too much if you figure that they're literally just going to show up on campus for you and you can make it work. So, uh, yikes, not to take anything away from the Cougs and their win at, at Camp Randall, but like they got them at the right time is what I'm suggesting. Like if there was every year you wanted to play Wisconsin. This was that year. To not, he's going to have to interview for college jobs in the future. And their answer for the fact that he, uh, went without a recruiting department. Yeah, that's, there's going to be several pages of questions about that. They're going to be like, all right, Paul, now we got to get into this. Yeah. The next seven or eight questions at really it's 15. All going to be about this recruiting thing. Yeah. These players on the field, how do you think they get there? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That All was right. wild. That was fucking wild. Uh, I can our, see your eyes light up when I started telling the stories. I was like, oh, you know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I read that. I, was, I could not believe it. <laughs> That's not feasible. It's, it's one of those things that makes me think, you know, we kind of casually offhand joke every once in a while we fucked up by going into like, you know, real jobs instead of coaching football. But in the back of our mind, I've always thought like, well, I didn't really play football. I probably wouldn't have been a great coach. I read shit like that. And I'm like, wait a minute. I would have been good at this. <laughs> like, yeah. I would have had a recruiting department. Like yeah. I totally would have had that, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't think some of these guys are that bright is the deal. I think they're just in the right place at the right. They're time. in the right business. Yeah, for sure. And that Paul Chris stand up guy, they were, I saw a report saying he, uh, uh, negotiated a settlement for less than what his contractually obligated buyout would be. Yeah, I saw that. Why, man? He was due 16. He took 11. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> I guess that's probably solid. I guess that's good. Because then you feel I think, like... I think probably because he figures he's going to get another job. And yeah. I think the 11 is just a lump sum payment. 
and he'll just get it and then he'll just get another job in the next couple of years making a couple of mil as a coordinator somewhere you know in the nfl or you know yeah. whatever and he'll make that back because the way those contracts is typically structured is you have to you offset any money you make with what you're owed so if he has designs on working in the next couple of years or has a job potentially lined up where he'd make a couple of mil in the next few years like he would have offset that anyway, so maybe he's just, like, cutting to the chase. I wonder if Jimmy Lake had, like, a – because I think I'm reading about that he had, like, a duty to mitigate, you know? Yes, yes. I I, I pitched this earlier this week in a, in a text thread, thread that I'm in. You're the University of Washington right now. What's your biggest problem? Um, like football-wise? Yeah, football-wise. Secondary is what I'm going to argue. Yeah, defense. <laughs> having, having, watched, having watched this last game. Yeah. You don't call Jimmy Lake – and offer him $3 million to come in as a consultant on the defensive side of the ball, specifically for secondary. Now, do you think Jimmy Lake would accept that? No. I don't think so either. I think you then pull back $3 million of what you owe him and say, motherfucker, we offered you $3 million to come do a consultant's role here, and you turned us down. We're not paying you that out of your buyout. You have a duty to mitigate. You're supposed to show up. And you're supposed to be out looking for work. You're not doing anything. We showed up at your front door with an offer for three mil to come coach our secondary or or consult. And you said, no, we're not paying you that money. Yeah. What the concern there is that he'd be wise to the to the bluff off, because I don't think you want Jimmy Lake in that building right now. Why not? If he shows up, I mean, he's got a coach like he, if he ever wants to have another job in his life, you know, <laughs> like which I think it's too weird, dude. I think that's why he turned it down. I think it's just a great way to like save yourself. Some yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I like it. I like it. Uh, next up, we have Arizona uh, hosted uh, Colorado. The, the terrible, terrible buffs. Um, Arizona 43 to 20. Uh, comfortable win. Uh, Arizona's defense so bad. They gave up 20 points to Colorado, uh, but otherwise not a, not a ton to take away from this one. Yep. Well, I mean, with the takeaway, it's Carl Durrell got fired. Carl Durrell got fired. I guess you say Jaden Delora threw for 484 yards. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Carl Durrell got fired. Uh, he's, uh, I've, I have not heard that he has uh, negotiated for a lesser amount of money. Um, this was after a couple weeks after that Colorado AD had released that statement that was something to the effect of is like, listen, if I could afford to hire a real coach, I would boosters. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody stepped up. Yeah, and somebody was like, oh, how dare you I'll challenge me to waste my money. I'll waste it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, – uh, I'm not going to share this on the podcast, but I got something off record to tell you about. Okay, well, we're, 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 I'll look for that later. About this coaching staff. Um, next up. Um, who else? I got to flip to the other thing. We had USC played somebody. Oregon. Right? Oregon put the wood to Stanford. Oh, yeah. David Shaw, man. He's lost 10 games in a row, I read, to FBS schools now. Yeah, I mean, they are just in a in an awful way. I mean, and they scored the last 14 of this game. So it's just all, or the last 10 of this game, it's all a fraud. It's all a fraud. They weren't even any, they weren't even this close. I mean, 27 flatters them. They they weren't that close in U, against UW. They got smashed out of the building. Shaw's lost 10 in a row. I mean, I know they say there's no pressure on him and this, this seat's not warm, but I, how, how can that be true if if you're Stanford right now and you, you know, fancy yourself um, a, a power five football program, particularly at a time where there's a lot of 
realignment swirling around and a lot of issues, you know, I mean, Stanford is never going to have to stand on, on its football program to be validated as, as an institution. But it, if you, if you want to be at sitting at the negotiating table with some leverage, it would be better if you could not lose 10 FBS games in a row. I would think so. I mean, going into this game, uh, uh, if you tell Stanford that Bo Nix is going to have five carries for 61 yards, you'd say, ah, damn it, that's a problem because that's going to make him tough to stop on uh, third down. Uh, but the problem is he had six carries. The sixth one went for 80 yards. Yep, so yep. how about 141 yards rushing for the Oregon quarterback? On six carries. Unreal. That's a, that's a good line. Yeah, man. He's a uh, – yeah, good bow, bad bow, right? That's the buzz. So, I mean, he's that's a couple games in a row he's been, like, super, super effective. He also looks like a guy who maybe was used to playing some better competition. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You imagine the first time he go, he's, like, on one of these runs and he, like, you know, you know, senses a hit's coming and he kind of winces and then he, like, gets hit. And he's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> that didn't hurt at all. <laughs> yeah. You didn't lead with your head even. Yeah. These guys are following the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's uh, settled down in Oregon. You know, they're uh, back with a bullet, uh, you know, undefeated now, right? Since the opening game? In a, in a manner of speaking, yes. They have that one defeat, which is a, a significant defeat. But yeah. Yeah. You throw that out, and they've lost in every game since. You love it. You love it. Then we had uh, USC hosted Arizona State. Uh, your six ranked uh, Trojans, they escaped. Corvallis uh, with a close win. Uh, frankly, that was undeserved. Um, but you know what? Good teams do that. You always have a game every year uh, where, you know, it's just the breaks don't go your way, and USC managed to win it. Caleb Williams, uh, uh, he did it uh, on the ground, pretty effective, not bonex effective. He did it through the air, 348 yards passing, uh, and c- comprehensive victory over a listless Arizona State team. Now I'll say this: Arizona State gave them more of a game than I thought they would, but good. But you do, you know. yeah. Good point, because yeah, in the third quarter of this game, for most of the third quarter, this remained a one-score game, which is surprising. Yeah, I mean Arizona State has some talent, so I think you know it, we'll talk about that coming up in a minute. But like, if you're Washington going down there this weekend, you can't. This isn't a gimme, but what I don't think Arizona State has is a lot of resolve. I think like once things go a little bit wrong, they're they're not going to get up off the mat. Um, they fought in this game and they they competed longer than I figured they would, but ultimately USC pulled away. You know, had a pretty comfortable win, but I don't think this is like anything you want to write home about if you're USC. This is they should have beat these guys by another ten points probably. I agree with that. Uh, and then that leaves us with one game to talk about is Washington uh, went to UCLA on Friday night. Uh, the and the, UCLA ends up winning forty to thirty two. Washington had a furious rally uh, to score the last 16 points of this game. Um, yeah. And that's the only reason it ends up with one score, which is important because it probably keeps Washington in the polls, you know, kept us ranked. Um, but this game was not that close. I mean, but what, when I was watching this game, this was the night actually that uh, you see that the Mariners clinched the playoffs for the first times in 21 years. So like, I like after at some point in the second quarter, I was like, I'm going to watch baseball. Yeah. But yeah, what, what I was thinking when I was watching this game was, uh, oh, this is what it's like to have been the other team watching, you know, the Washington's opponents through the first four games of the year. 
because uh, UCLA was doing everything it wanted to on offense. Multiple plays where they're throwing to receivers where you're like, how do you – it's like – it seems like it'd be a challenge to arrange uh, defensive backs in such a manner that there just seems to never be anybody around the guy that's catching the ball. Seems like you just ought to randomly run into one every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. It was yeah. it was rough. Um, I think we talked last week and we agreed that in the history of Friday night road games, no Pac-12 team had ever won yeah. a Pac-12 road game. And this is further evidence of that in my mind, which is where you just immediately could tell. Now Washington came out of the gates fine, scored a touchdown, but then, like you said, it just it just the wheels came off. Calls weren't going their way. You know, I mean, just. Everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Penix, yeah, uh, instead of the wide open receivers he's had, Penix, yeah. excuse me, uh, was like just throwing two covered receivers and and paying the price for it. Like a couple bad interceptions in this game. Yeah, I mean, and and only two interceptions in the whole game, but they they came on back to back drives and they came at the point in time where the game got out of reach for Washington because. Yeah. UCLA scored, Washington threw a pick, UCLA scored, Washington threw a pick, UCLA scored, and at that point the game is over. Yep. Um the rest of it the rest of it was just determining what the numbers were gonna be. Um so yeah, good for good for the Huskies for trying to come back late. I'm I'm perplexed why Jordan Perryman comes back into the fold for Washington secondary and they get ridiculously worse. He's supposed to be the best guy back there. Um and he was not. Can't agree. <laughs> um it I just don't get it. I mean, there there was – I mean, I guess I do get it. I mean, Friday night road games, that's just where good seasons go to die, man. We talked about it last week. Just nothing ever good happens. Um, and UW got off the – you know, came off the bus. They weren't ready for it, and they got smacked by a team that had a really nice offense. Yeah, I mean, I think our just defense was never going to uh, be a match for them, and uh, UCLA was really schemed up well. This Jake Bobo guy was open all day. Uh, he had 142 yards receiving for the Bruins and two touchdowns, um, and he wasn't the only one. I mean, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, 72% plus completion percentage, uh, and it, it just looks so, so easy for them. That's why, you know, it looked like how Washington has looked against all their other teams. Yes, sir. It was not great. Not great. All right, so how did we do on picks last week? We all did relatively well. Um, four and two won the week. Uh, me, Worm, and Kellen had that. Two and four lost the week. That was Tubby. Uh, overall records now, we've got you and Tubby and Adam sitting at 29 and 17. First place is me and Worm and Josh at 32 and 14. And then you got, uh, I think, Kellen in between there at 31 and 15. So, All right, I got I got to settle down. I need to come up with a system here. Three games back, you know. I mean, you know, like you said, you don't have a lot of games to make up. There's only six games a week, and we all pick the same pick for the UW game. So you really got to make hay in a short window here. But well, we must we have got, some buys here because we've only got. I'm only showing five games for this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I think Stanford's on a buy. It looks like and um, Cal. Cal, yeah, the the, the northern the Bay Area schools. All right. Uh, let's kick it off. We got a 12:30 start in Pasadena. Good, good game. This is a good football game. UCLA five and zero hosting Utah four and one. Utah are three and a half point favorites in this game. I have them at four and a half, which is interesting because I did this yesterday. So that means that line has moved a point. Let me see. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. So three and a half. I. 
I try not to overreact and take UCLA. I'm going to stick with Utah in this. I think they're the better team. Um, I'm a little worried they're like all American tight ends hurt for the year, but we'll see. I mean, UCLA, if they're for real, they'll, they'll hand, they'll win this game based on how, how well good they looked last week. But I'm, I'm betting Utah's defense is a different animal here. I'm taking Utah. I got an undefeated home dog. I'm going to take the Bruins. Five home games in a row to start the season for the Bruins. Nice. Not bad. <laughs> Pretty sweet. In front of a combined 100,000 fans. Yeah. Uh, next up, how about Washington State going to the Coliseum? They're going to be playing the Trojans. USC are 12.5 point favorites in this game. Is this Cougar defense tricky enough to come up with something? Uh, I think they are. Um, I don't think they can beat USC, but I think given what USC did at Oregon State and given what or what they just did at Arizona State, I think the Cougs are much more on the spectrum closer to an Oregon State quality team. Twelve and a half seems like way too many points for me. I'm going Cougs. Yeah, I'm. What what I like about this, I'm going to pick USC. So now, and then I'm going to say why I shouldn't. Is that like? I, I feel like U.S. if you're a Trojan, you can very easily uh, be like, ah, it's, you know, it's Washington State, who cares, you know, and like not be up for this, feel like you've been somewhat vindicated. You've yet to lose this season. Yeah, you weren't your best against Arizona State, but you still beat them handily. And you say, whatever, Oregon State was just a fluke game. So, like, uh, I think we're in agreement that we don't think USC is the number six best team in the country. They're going to drop one at some point. Um but I'm going to uh, have them keep their undefeated dream alive for one more week and win by a couple touchdowns. Okay. I was wrong about Stanford not playing this week. They do play. Oh, they do. They are, they are Cal at home. and Colorado. For, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they are at home for Oregon State. And they are seven-point dogs to the Beavers. The Beavers have seven-point. This is a dangerous game. Very dangerous game for how bad Oregon State has been. I'm I'm going to take Oregon State because I think Stanford is that bad, and I think you'd like to think that after nine turnovers in successive weeks, Oregon State's going to be like, just hold on to the goddamn ball. This team can't do anything. Just keep the ball. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with that. Seven points seems like an awful lot to me, but I'm going to. I'm going to allow them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to get the quarterback play sorted out a little bit. If they don't, they're going to lose to Stanford, man. It's going to, it's going to be, they're going to, their season's going to be off the tracks. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, Arizona is hosting Oregon. The Ducks are 13 point favorites on the road in Tucson. Uh, Arizona, I think a, a red flag we got to keep tabs on is them giving up 48 points or whatever they gave up to Cal. Yeah, and Oregon's looked lights out since they since their first game. Um, Arizona, I think, is a little bit of a for as much improvement as they've shown. They're still getting blown out of games. They're not, I think, situated particularly well um, to face up against Oregon uh, just with their defense, you know, with Oregon's offense and Knicks. So I, I know it's tough to win in the desert, but I'm going to take the or- the Ducks to cover this. Yep, I love it. Okay, uh, and that leaves us with the Huskies going to Arizona State. Dogs are 14-point favorites on the road against the Arizona State team that gave, you know, they uh, gave USC, like, sort of a game. You know, it was a game in the second half. Uh, Arizona State has some players. 
They don't have a coach, you know. They're kind of like on on interim season. It's substitute teacher. Everybody's kind of got one foot in the transfer portal to try and figure things out. Interesting game for the Huskies. I'm, I don't think this line is right. This line, in, you had dealt minus 14. Um, that is a huge number. I, I feel like this should be seven or eight. Yep. Um, so if I was gambling real money, yep. I would probably not bet this game because the rules of the pot is that we all take UW. Um, I, I can see UW covering this in a, in, in a way where if UW gets its offense figured out, Arizona State's weakness is on defense. Arizona State has a good offense, but their their offense makes mistakes. And so if UW comes out and makes clear that every time they get the ball, they're going to score, eventually Arizona State's going to make a mistake, and then UW's going to go up a couple scores. And I just don't think US, uh, ASU is in a position this year where they're going to bounce back from stuff like that. I, you know I agree I with that. And I would say if you're looking for one positive takeaway from the Washington game against UCLA, it's that like when it was – Long after that game was a lost cause, Washington kept chipping away and kept trying. And, you know, they were a fluke away on UCLA's last drive from having the ball with a chance to tie it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I think Arizona State uh, does not have that resolved this year. Yeah, I think I think they're going to, you know, they're going to come out with some talent. They're going to play hard while the game's, you know, in doubt. The second things get a little bit out of wonky, if UW's able to go up two scores or something like that, they're going to start shutting it down. And... They're just, just that's how UW covers this line. Um, again, if I was gambling, I would not bet this game. But you know, I'm not, so I'm going to take UW. <laughs> Love it. Because I have to by the rules of the pot. All righty, that uh, that's all I got for this week. You got anything else? That's it. That does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers for Eric. I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.